Welcome, everyone. We're so glad you're here to chat with us. I'm Lauren. Today, unfortunately, we're missing our beloved Lindsay, but she's out doing something really incredible. I'll let her fill you in when she returns. Uh, but I'm honored to have Chandra Wright co-host with me today. Chandra, you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> I'd love to. Thanks, Lauren. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Chandra Wright. I'm the Vice President of Philanthropy here at United Way of the Chattahoochee Valley. And typically, you hear the voice of Lindsay, um, but she's out doing something really amazing um, right now. And so I'm going to try my best to do her to, to do her well. Hopefully, <laughs> she'll be proud of me. So I'm excited about the conversation that we're having today. So our guest is Sharika Day. She is an art enthusiast and collector, youth mentor, volunteer, community advocate, and so, so much more. Thank you for joining us today, Sharika. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So most people know who you are, or at least they say they know who you are. <laughs> but I love hearing from our guests in their own words. So would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so I, I think you covered it well. I love art. I'll start there. Um, just a big fan of not just collecting, but also the power of art and how it um, brings people together and hits on topics that sometimes we can't, or it's harder to discuss um, that, like music, you know? So um, art just has a special place in my heart. Um, I'm a thrift shopper. So I love thrift shopping. Um, I love to collect old toys and anything that kind of is nostalgic, uh, weird stuff, um, dolls. So I'm always at an estate sale, thrift shopping somewhere. You can find me there. Um, the community. So the community is near and dear to my heart as well. Um, I started volunteering, oh my goodness, years and years ago with United Way. And this was through the Literacy Alliance, um, reading to, at that time, I want to say it was pre-K students. And I just enjoyed it. And from there, just kind of got more and more involved in the community. So I enjoy giving back. I enjoy the feeling of um, just making somebody feel good. And so I'm always looking for opportunities to get involved and um, believe it or not, it inspires people because I do have a lot of people that reach out to me and they're like, I see your posts or I see you out in the community and I just want to get more involved. How can I get more involved? So I've had a lot of conversations about that. Um, and also I come from a company, I work at Aflac and I come from um, Aflac is philanthropic in the community. And just watching a lot of the leaders, um, you know, get involved, give back, um, find a cause that they're passionate about. And like I said, it just that always just makes me feel good. So um, that's my community involvement. And then I love kids. So um, I started a nonprofit a few years ago on accident, really. Um, it was it was to I was looking for an opportunity to give kids um a platform to just get out and explore entrepreneurship. And my goal at that time was just to have one event. And because of how big it was for our community, because we don't, we didn't have anything like that in, at the time, um, it just took off. And so people started asking me, you know, when is our next event? What are we doing next and all that? And honestly, I was like, we, so I didn't realize, <laughs> I didn't know it was a we. Um, so <laughs> right. Right. And so from there, um, eventually Minor in Business was born. And I've been able to work with a lot of youth um, 
just allowing them to explore their passions and turn their hobbies into um, whether it's just to make money or whether to really see if having their own business is something that they want to explore. Um, I just enjoy um, doing that. And along the way, we've had like different workshops and really just teaching them people skills. And, you know, I feel like during the pandemic, a lot of them thrived because they had hobbies they were able to um, hone in on and sell, you know, um, whether it was through an Etsy shop or somewhere else, but I just like stuff like that. So um, that's me. And I, I'll stop there. It's, you know, it's hard to say like, who are you? But those, those are like probably the main things that uh, make up Sharika. You know, Sharika, you've, um, you've done a lot for, for United Way. I mean, you served in, I'm thinking through them as you're talking. I mean, you women United, reunited emergent leaders i mean you've just kind of you've done a little bit of everything yeah but i think one of the most impactful things here recently is our black history panel discussion that we had last week so i would love to hear your feedback <laughs> and your thoughts on on that event yes so i want to say first thank you to united way for holding that event um you know you never know what any what it's going to be until you're in it and um, I think the discussions that we had were really powerful and caused a lot of people to kind of step back and think about, um, I mean, Black history, but also what is it we can do now for um, the Black community? And so literally like yesterday, I had someone um, come up to me and say, I watched the video. Um, I really appreciate the conversation you know, the different perspectives, um, it just really helped people to see. And so I thought it was a wonderful event. And then just um, encouraging people, you know, we all have to start somewhere. And um, sometimes I think we think that a problem is, is way out, like it's bigger than what it is. When if we can just, um, you know, take what we can control and, and, and run with that. Because I think about like, um, I think I mentioned Rosa Parks. We all familiar with Rosa Parks, her story. She know, she didn't know that she was going to spark the whole movement that she sparked, you know? Um, everybody played a role in the civil rights movement um, during that time. And so, but they were all just doing one thing, like either, no, I'm not gonna do this, or yes, I'm gonna do that. And it, it caused an impact. So I feel like for us, um, sometimes, like I said, we, we think we can't make a change or, I, it's too much for me when we really can. So I enjoyed the discussions. I would love to have more. And I would love to them to continue beyond Black History Month. You know, um, let's just keep on exploring how we can make the community a better place and understand each other. Because um, sometimes you think you know somebody, but you don't know, like, what is it that's causing them to um, act a certain way? Or, you know, why are they... Um, why may they be a little hesitant about certain things? And the more we learn about each other, the more we learn about culture and appreciate our differences, then we can definitely um, move forward, so. I can agree more that we need to have these conversations more often, yeah. um, not just during the month of February. But I felt like the good conversation we had during the panel, like you said, was so powerful and needed. And I learned so much. And like you said, the more we talk and connect, the more I understand and realize we are more similar than different. 
we can connect on so many different levels um, and I have a better understanding. So I appreciate all that you provided for the panel and beyond. Do you ever, I, I get paralyzed, like you were saying, uh, maybe I'm not, I'm not doing enough that I'm just one person. How can I do anything that's going to impact more than the person I'm looking at or uh, connecting with? And what kind of advice do you have? Because you, you are such this powerhouse in the community. People, people are coming to you talking to you about the panel and, and making yeah. such a difference. It has to be a little overwhelming. But at the same time, I'm sure you have um, ideas of how people can connect and make a difference. I want to make the biggest impact I can make. What do you right. think we could do? I think you just have to start somewhere. Um, so a lot of times we talk ourselves out of things. You know, um, we don't think that what is in front of us is we're capable of doing. We're comparing ourselves to others. And so we end up kind of backing down like, oh, no, I can't do this. Or, you know, yeah. this is going to be a failure, you know. So I think just move, just make a move and try it and see. Um, and you never know, like there may be someone that's wanting to to do the same thing, you know. Um, and then eventually y'all might be a team where you can, you know, uh, tackle whatever that issue is. So I think if you just step out of the fear and go for it, um, and also, if it's something you're passionate about. So sometimes people, they want to be involved in something. Um, but if you're not passionate about whatever that cause is or um, a movement or whatever it may be, it's you're not going to do much because it, it doesn't mean much to you, right? So, people can tell. Um, people can yeah. totally tell they are not <laughs> invested, right? They can. They can. Um, and so you just have to find something that that no matter, like, it, for instance, teaching. I'll use that as an example. Um, since I was a little girl playing with my dolls, I was always playing school. And I knew at that point I wanted to be a teacher. So my Barbie dolls, they were always going to school. They were doing something. They were learning, right? And that never left me. So throughout the years, like um, the, the different jobs I've held and everything, um, teaching was always a passion. And even when I, I started going to college, I was going to go and get my degree um, in teaching. But uh, when it was time for me to decide on the student teaching part, I had to make like, I had to make a financial decision because my family couldn't afford for me to quit my job at that time and take on the student teaching role full time. So then I was like, well, I'll just get my degree in English. But teaching never left. So I'm saying that because when I um, started the nonprofit um, on accident, I was like, this fulfills that, that passion, right? So I'm able to teach kids outside of like a traditional classroom. I'm still able to uh, teach them a skill set, um, give them something that they can learn about in just a different way. And so I think that's for me why, like sometimes I do, I literally, I'm like, I feel like I've done enough. You know, it's time for me to go and try something else, but it it keeps on coming up. It won't go anywhere. So um, I think when you find that thing that just will not die, no matter how many times you try to cover it over with something else, then then you'll make some moves. You know, you're talking about um, finding your passion and people will follow. And I think one area I think for sure is that can't vote social media. I mean, I don't even know what your inspiration came from, Sharika, how that happened, but it seemed like it just blew up overnight. 
Yes. So, I mean, what, what is going on? What are you doing? <laughs> I know. So I have always been a fan of history and especially black history. I'm just learning more about, you know, my ancestors and, and um, people before me. And so it literally, it was like, I wanted to do, because I've had people tell me, Shriki, you need to start a blog or, you know, you need to do this and that. And I, I never could like figure out, well, what am I going to talk about? And what is it going to be that's going to um, be interesting for a long period of time? Because I feel like sometimes you just kind of run out of content. And so it, it hit me one night. Um, usually my um, inspiration comes at two, three o'clock in the morning. I'm on a potty break, maybe. And so I got up and I was like, Black history, I, I think I think I found it. And so I had worked on a project with the Columbus Museum where um, we were um, interviewing people in the neighborhood right beside the museum to um, get their stories and capture, um, just kind of capture their stories so it would be preserved. Um, and so and having those discussions with, um, it was the Warren Williams community, and having those discussions, kin folks kept coming up. People were like, oh, when I was younger, we used to go to kin folks. Oh, kin folks. And I was like, well, what, what is kin? Like in my mind, I've heard of it, but it just wasn't, um, I didn't know enough about it. And so that um, prompted me. I was like, kin folks, they were telling me what it was about, um, you know, people gathering and and going downtown and, and everything. And so I was like, okay. And so when I realized I wanted to talk about history and black history, and also the fact that there's so much that as long as I've lived in Columbus, I don't know a lot about um, the, the history here. Um, and so I was like, let me, it just all came together. And that's how Ken folks uh, came, became what it is. And so I did have somebody ask me, do you feel like you you have enough to talk about? Um, and that was that was a fear. Um, but I was like, yeah, I I can I'll figure it out. I'm not worried about it. This is it. And literally, I can't believe it's been a year that Ken Folks has been on Facebook and Instagram, and the amount of people that follow, read the stories, and share. So I'm like, this this is it, you know. And even from the stories that are shared, come other stories that you know, people are like, hey, so my grandfather said this, or, you know, I was Baker High School. I remember I posted that and um, someone reached out to me and said, uh, we were the last day of school, what it was like. And I was like, wow. So it's just, it's just a lot that we can learn. So I really enjoy it. I think you touched on something that we can all relate to because I think everyone wants to tell their story and you do such a great job of telling these stories that I think that that's why it's so popular and why so many people can relate to it and are excited about it. Uh, are there, are there some that come to mind that have been really popular or are your favorites? Let's see favorite. Um, so just for black history month, I was focusing more on a broader scale of Black history. And so I think right for this month, my favorite story so far has been about the Great Migration. Um, and more so because I read a book about it a few years ago and didn't connect like the fact that, you know, um, 
if you lived in this part of the, the country. So if you had family in Mississippi, um, you probably have family in Chicago because when people left, they were going up, you know, the railroads. And I was like, we do have family in Chicago. We, you know, we do have family in St. Louis. So um, I think that really, like I said, more recently, that one is just uh, one that stands out to me because I already knew about it, but I read um, The Warmth of Two, The Warmth of Other Sons, I think if I said the title correctly, or Two Sons, but it's by Isabel w um, Wilkerson. And she talks, she traces three different individuals um, and, and shares their story. It's a really like, I went through, it's a big book, but I went through it um, because I couldn't put it down. I was like, oh my goodness, what happens next to George? You know, what's going on? And these were real like people. Um, and so again, just sharing like their stories and and how we came to where we are today. So that's a favorite. I'm trying to think who else. Um, I can't write off. I don't know why. I like them all. <laughs> That's a cop out. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but That's but fair. I like um I I really just like okay, so Carver Heights Motel as well. Um that's another oh, one that yeah. I, I that's like a good one. Yeah. Um and that's because like I've I've passed by there for years and just never I always knew it kind of looked like a motel, but I never knew the history behind it. And so that one was um I, I really enjoyed the stories behind it. And then the Green Book, like, of course, I've heard the Green Book. I haven't watched the movie, um, but I knew about, um, you know, the Green Book. And so knowing that we had that that in Columbus and there were certain spots that Black people could go to during the time to, to be safe or for housing um, as they, you know, were traveling, I thought that was cool. Um, and then one more, since we're at Carver Heights Motel, also the, the community, Carver Heights Neighborhood, um, when I posted that, and that was actually um, a share from Historic Columbus, but I just shared some of what, because um, I knew I wanted, to, I wanted to do a story on it, but I didn't have to repeat what they had already said. So I did pull out some information from what they had posted, but the response was like overwhelming because there were so many people that were like, um, they have pride in their neighborhood, right? And so, we brought this up in the panel. A lot of times there are certain neighborhoods that I feel like are cast in a negative light, but the response from Carver Heights was so positive because of everything that was going on um, in that community. You know, people were, um, they were trying to stop drugs in the neighborhood or, um, make, you know, had movements that they were passionate about. And a lot of that came from Carver Heights. And so that one really um, touched me as well. Um, because that's not something that I really knew. My uncle used to stay over there years ago, but I didn't know again the history. So, yeah, <laughs> I learned so much reading reading these stories. It's incredible. Again, but again, you're this historian, and I, I just love that. <laughs> so cool. You. So, what got you involved in history? Was it something that a teacher said, or you just you just like the stories? Yeah, I really like the stories. Um, I can't really pinpoint a time where it was like, okay, this is, you know, I want to be involved in history like that. But um, history has just always kind of felt natural to me. And so um, literally when I have nothing to do, which is rare, 
Um, if I'm not watching Forensic Files or um, <laughs> right. I, I like the crime shows, y'all. So I, I love I love them. And so Unsolved Mysteries, like I literally can put it on the channel and watch episode like season one through 25. It doesn't even matter. I love and I'm that. Not, right. <laughs> But if that's if I don't want to watch that at the time, I'm going to find something uh, history related. So um, World War One and two, I mean, it, it might be boring to some people, but I literally can sit there and just watch and just and learn about, you know, um, our past. So I don't know. It's just in me. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, that's great. So that's, that's great. How? No, I mean, I think, you know, I remember growing up, um, my grandmother, who I lost back in November, mm. hearing stories about camp folk. I mean, yeah. you know, and one of our last rides together before she passed on, um, we drove by, we were downtown, and she pointed out H.O. Green, and she was like, now uh -huh. somewhere, somewhere is Kenfolk Corner. Where is it? Somewhere. And so I drove her by because now there's a, a signage there right? Um, that distinguished where it is. And she just talked about how, you know, they would have a truck full of Black people leaving the country, coming to mm -hmm. Columbus, do their shopping, and they would just meet right there on Kinfolk Corner. And it was just amazing to hear her tell some of those stories. Right. Yeah. And it's, I think now our community is so different. Um, like you used to know, like, I'm not going to. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm old, but I do remember when <laughs> you knew your neighbor, you know, um, you knew people that lived around you. And I feel like that's kind of lost now um, with us being so hooked to technology, but also just because you're, so it's, it might be a fear. Like you just let me stay in my own little space, you know, because you don't know, you know, the people around you and would rather just play it safe. So um, Ken folks to me brings those feelings of um, wanting to be around people and congregating and socializing that um, a lot of times we've lost because we socialize now on our phones. You know, we do socialize in person if you're good friends, but it's still kind of a lost art. And so I, I just like that feeling and knowing, you know, hey, I'm like you said, we're coming from out of town. We're going to go shopping. We're going to spend the whole day together and then go on back to where we, you know, where we came from. And I just like that feeling. So I look, I just love Ken folks. Uh, well, I, <laughs> I don't, I'm not from Columbus, so I can't um, collaborate on that in those memories, unfortunately. <laughs> so I really <laughs> enjoy, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say I'm with you. I'm not originally from here, but I, I, I get it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love hearing that. I think it's, I, I think there's such um, such pride in knowing where you came from and uh, where your your family came from and just hearing their stories and that there's something about keeping keeping hold of that and keeping those memories alive. So I'm a big advocate of talking about them constantly. And now we have a written rec record of them through your kinfolks. I think that that's so incredible. I love your projects with the children, with your your young people, um, and seeing themselves as entrepreneurs, incredibly powerful. So it's it's inspiring to me because not everyone can work with children or um, has that knack. So tell me about minor business and how important it is investing in youth and and their their interests. 
so again, it you know, this was something that just kind of happened. Um, but my desire to um, teach children and be around them, just like I said, it's always been there. And so over the years, so Minor in Business is, was born in 2014 and 2016, sorry, I don't know where the 14, I was counting in my head, 2016. Um, and then officially like on paper, 2017. But um, over the years, I've just had an opportunity to work with um, kids with all kinds of skills and talents. And um, they create things that I don't know that they'll have the opportunity or, or would have had an opportunity to do in a classroom, right? So um, because they have to get their curriculum out. But in working with them, um, it's, it's pouring into them and allowing them to see what it is that they can do. So there are a couple stories that stand out um, because it's beyond just like, hey, I got this I made, I wanna sell, I wanna make money and my life goes on, right? Um, while you're doing that, you also have to have people skills. You have to have customer service. You need to be able to count your money. You need to have marketing skills. Um, so it's all of that kind of combined that um, makes me happy in that they get to learn that really like, here you go, let's do it. You know, and so there was a young lady a few years ago um, because we usually do like summer vending fairs and um, they so when they get out from school over the summer, they're able to go downtown with market days and set up and sell the things that they um, have made. And so there was one young lady uh, one summer that it was her first time she heard she was all excited. She came to me, she her and her parents, they were getting ready to set up and um, her nerves got the best of her and she, she threw up. Right. And so, and started crying oh, and, um, <laughs> it was, and let me tell you, I love kids, but I don't like throw up. So I'm like, let me, you know, it's going to be okay. Um, her mom was like, she's just, she's really nervous. Um, she's, she's scared, you know, this is her first time. And she's like, I'm just going to pack her up and maybe we'll try another time. So that's what they did. And so I reached out to her mom and I was like, I love for her to come back. You know, I get it. Um, it's overwhelming for some kids because, I mean, you've got all these people coming up to you and they're asking you questions. And it sounds fun for some, but for the child that's nervous and not so extroverted, that's a lot. And yes. so, um, yeah, so she ended up coming back. And um, I worked with her. Um, I was like, you know, I stood by her at her table and um, walked her through some things that she could say. And, you know, let's let's make eye contact. And it's okay. So anyway, getting her through the whole thing. And um, from there, she started coming. And um, she kept coming that summer. And so her mom told me at the end, she was like, because of this opportunity, she's like, she has blossomed. Like she, she probably wouldn't have been able to um, do this, you know, anywhere else um, because she didn't have that. And so she's like, I'm thankful for what you do with the kids because it's those type of opportunities that um, they need. They need to be exposed to this. And so um, she was thankful. And then I've had some kids, like literally, I've, I have some students that have been with me from the very first event and are now um, in college, you know, um, just those same skills that parents are like, you know, everything they needed to know how to get out and 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 do things that um, walk into people and just, you know, utilizing those people skills and 
learning how to negotiate and all that, that I'm not going to say I didn't, I know that they needed to have it, but when you don't um, focus on it as much and you realize like later on, like, okay, you know, that was a good, they really needed to um, learn about that. So it's, it's inspiring. And then it inspires other kids because when other kids walk by and they see someone that looks like them, there are tons of stories where kids are like, oh, I can do that. I make cookies with my grandma. You know, I do this and that. And I'm like, yeah, well, you can be out here too, you know? Um, and so it, it does, it, it inspires other kids to kind of um, tap into what it is that they can do. And it's just like a continuous cycle. So I just, I really enjoy it. Um, like I said, sometimes I'm like, I feel like I've kind of run my course. I don't know. Um, but when I hear a story from a parent or I get a text saying, you know, um, that the kids are thankful, sorry, you know, just popped up, but are appreciative of, um, you know, the, what they've, um, the experience, um, that makes me feel good. And it, it makes me want to keep going because, um, it just, again, I like to do things that make people feel good and that makes them feel good. And then it makes me feel good. I think that's what it is, is the, those soft skills that don't necessarily get taught in school are become the most, some of the most important skills that you can have as a, as a, as an adult. And where, where could you learn that other than at minor in business? So fantastic. It's so inspiring. And like you said, right. it, it just, uh, even, even just lifting a child up and giving them some confidence that they may never uh, become an entrepreneur or they may never sell what, like you said, sell what they were uh, creating, but just to have that experience and that somebody believed in them and lifted them up. There's nothing like that as a child. So right. it really lives with you the rest of your life. So that's why I think it's so inspiring to me. My sister is a teacher and okay. she keeps reminding me how we have to talk to them like they are our equal and they have emotions and feelings and ideas that are just as valid and just as important as ours. And it, it really inspires me to keep that mindful. Their ideas right. are cool and they are going to be our adults and our peers soon. So I, I'm, I'm willing to invest in them today. So okay. there are a lot of people that I'm sure are hearing this and they want to get involved. So how can they contact you or volunteer or is there a website? So the easiest way um, is to go to my Facebook page. Um, so Minor in Business Inc. I think when you do that, you'll probably pull up two pages. One is gonna be the Facebook, the actual page. And one is like, I have a separate like group page for parents and the kids that are currently involved. Oh, cool. And so um, if you pull up the one, yes, with the, the logo on it, um, then they can just message me that way it's easier um, and I'll, I'll be able to get in touch with them. Um, and so those that are interested, like if their kids want to participate in the summer vending fairs, um, I usually start when school gets out. It's just easier because a lot of the kids are involved in a lot of activities, you know, all the way through school. And so I usually just kind of wait until um, after Memorial Day. And then we start in June and we, we go June through the fall um, for as long as they want to hang, honestly. Um, but but um, we do every Saturday and they can just come and um, set up and, and see if it's something that they want to try. You know, um, 
for the most part, most of the kids will repeat and come back. There are some, like I said, that they've tried it and they're like, ah, or they're like, I made stickers this time. Maybe now I want to do, um, you know, art. Oh, nope. Now I want to make perfume. So it just kind of gives them that nice. to, to try. Um, when slime came out, I think a few years ago, I had a bunch of kids making slime. <laughs> it was a hit. It was like, you couldn't go wrong with slime. And so, um, but it gave them, you know, that opportunity to, to make that and uh, make some money. And so, like I said, a lot of them repeat. And then some, they're like, maybe this is not for me. Or they're still trying to find what it is that they like to do. So yeah. um, that's how they can get involved. And then volunteering. Um, so, of course, the last maybe few years, because of COVID, volunteering has kind of slowed down on our end. And we weren't sure. as engaged as we normally have been. We always um, would do like, we, we used to have like a service project that we would do um, as a group. Um, one year, the, the kids were collecting um, laundry detergent and sheets, and we were donating that to um, the, the name has changed, but to the women's shelter, um, because that was one of their needs. And so either they would um, bring them when we sold, or people would donate them to the kids, and then we would take them to the shelter. Um, and so... We've done Feed in the Valley as a group. Um, we've gotten out and we've um, done clean, um, what is it? Help the Hooch. Um, so different activities we've done <laughs> as a group. And so I'm hoping that we can pick those back up um, so that we can do them as a group. You know, it's just kind of weird right now. Um, and I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. Um, so I haven't really been pushing, um, you know, community service as much, but again, if that's something they want to do, they can reach out on the page and we can, you know, I can try to find something that we can participate in. Well, that was everything I wanted to talk about. Sharika, was there something we missed that you want to address? Chandra, did you have something you wanted to add? No, this has been great. It's always great to talk to Sharika. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we could talk to you all day, Sharika. Oh, my God. <laughs> you ladies are so sweet. Um, thank you. Um, and I'm trying to think, is there anything? That's always a question. You're like, no, until you hang up or you finish. Right. And then you're like, well, I could have said this, you know? Well, you want to um, connect again. We can do this every, we can do this, uh, every week. We can do <laughs> I, I'm all for it. We can probably do a happy hour, you know? Okay. So, all right. <laughs> and I do have some Moscato in the fridge. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll be over in a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> But really, I just want to encourage um, the person out there that is doubting themselves um, to really dig deep and and to to give whatever it is that they want to do a try. You know, we again don't compare yourself to anybody else. It's it's your passion, it's your drive, and you really won't know until you try it. And I, I promise you, once you have stepped out and and tried, you're going to keep going. You know, so. I just want to encourage that person to to try um, and just not give up on themselves, um, and don't let their idea you don't talk yourself out of your idea. Like I said, um, because of fear or because you think people are going to say that it's crazy, um, because there are a lot of crazy ideas that are out there that are have worked, you know. So um, right. that's yeah, that's probably my my biggest. Um, piece of advice 
Um, and just be authentic to who you are. Um, that's one thing that it took me a long time to get to that point. Um, because I, you know, growing up, I just didn't know who I was. I didn't, I'm trying to figure it out, you know, teenage years and all that stuff. And I will say it was probably late thirties where I started to become who, who I feel like I am, where I was like, oh, I'm not worried about people. This is who I am. You're going to get me the same way in every group, you know? And yeah. so um, just be authentic to who you are. Take some time to um, figure it out um, and figure out who or what um, what drives you. Um, and just don't worry about anything else. So that's it. I mean, like I said, I can talk. I can talk. Um, I'm okay. <laughs> so I'm going to stop. <laughs> I love people. So, um, you know, the world right now is still kind of weird because you're not totally around people like we used to be so anyway i miss it i'm such an introvert but i really miss the hugs i miss the uh eating together happy hours so (laughs) yeah i miss it yeah well shrika we are so grateful for your thoughts for sharing so much of you with us thank you for taking time to chat with us and thank you for having me Hey everyone, so we're gearing up for the Power of the Purse event. It's coming up soon, and our next episode will be chatting with Mia Jackson. She's an incredibly funny and talented woman, and you do not want to miss this. To catch a previous episode or for more information about United Way, visit unitedwayofthecv.org. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you're here to chat with us. <laughs>